Hey everyone, Adam Renshaw here for another one in five episode. I'm with Jessica Mussetter today and I have my co-host who you guys figured out last week. We have to say co-host. We can't say fellow hoster. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a dumb part of our contract with the podcast union. But Abel Baker, my co-host is here. And uh, as you can tell, he's really looking forward to Mariners baseball starting. I think all of us are looking forward to baseball starting, including Jessica. But um, <laughs> Abel, do you want to tell us what's on tap today with Jessica? Yeah. First, uh, Jessica, we're going to start out with some uh, questions that should be very interesting. Uh, several people are interested. Um, you have bangs. When you got them, have you heard anybody say anything about it? I have bangs. Well, that's just one of the... Okay, happen. second question. <laughs> uh, you know, like I would say before you were 15, who were the people you disliked the most? But, oh, wow. <laughs> no. That's we're gonna, what I'm here for. You don't have to answer it's that. It's healthcare related. <laughs> Maybe um, the first one was a stretch. <laughs> she did? We, okay. No, we're going to start with something different, everyone. <laughs> Sorry for that. Um, Abel, Okay. you might need to rethink those questions, buddy. We're here to talk about resource support. Okay. We're here to talk about social determinants of health. We're here to talk about prepare and the work that Jessica is doing okay. around serving a very underserved patient base. Okay. So there's the overview, not those questions uh, that he had. I hope that makes you feel a little more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Hey, who did you hate when you were 13? No one. <laughs> I love everyone. That's right. Anyways, but before we do that, we did have a trivia time here. Okay. And Abel has a riddle that he's going to start with. Yes, I do. And so he'll start with that riddle, and then I have four questions, four trivia questions. And if you get these right... There might be a prize. Well, Adam, let our viewers see this prize. So the prize, you'll be able to pick anything on the table between this spot and this spot. Okay. It looks on the screen like it's essentially a spot. Oh. <laughs> Look, you guys, it's our first one in five special effect. You will get a piece of... Of our coveted brick background. Wall. <laughs> it's actually a ball, guys, but you can't see that. It's totally weird. If Adam holds it up to his chest, it it looks like he has a hole in his heart. Yeah, a horrible hunting accident. But anyways, here is my riddle. If at any time, first of all, before I start, anytime you feel like you need affirmation. There's always our little affirmation button. Feel free to push that at any time. Appreciate but that. here it is. You walk into a room, Jessica, and on the bed there are two dogs, four cats, one giraffe, five cows, and a duck with three chickens flying above a chair. How many legs are on the floor? I'll read it again if you need me to. Yeah. Okay, you walk into a room. And on the bed, there are two dogs, four cats, one giraffe, five cows, and a duck with three chickens flying above a chair. How many legs are on the floor? 
Two. Close. Close, but not that. Six. Not as close as you would think. Closer. A little closer. Well, I have two legs, and the bed has four. Okay, you're right? thinking you're in reverse of Adam when he tried this. <laughs> so you're actually totally. doing very well. Okay, I'll read it again. You walk into a room, and on the bed there are two dogs, four cats, one giraffe, five cows, and a duck, with three chickens flying above a chair. How many okay. legs are on the floor? <laughs> Ten. Nailed it. I can count. <laughs> That's it, awesome. It took me three times to adjust just so that you know. I didn't get the chair, I makes guess. Makes you feel a little time. better. That was interesting. Okay. So that was my magical riddle for the day. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So we do have four more questions for you. Oh, these are good ones. Too. And uh, like I said, if you, depending on how you do, you may or may not win a prize. <laughs> uh, an illusion. An illusion. The you prize. get a piece of our studio. Okay. Um, okay, question number one. What city is overlooked by a statue called Christ the Redeemer? Hmm. No? I want to say Butte, but I know that that's not right. That has the Mary statue. Yeah. Yes, this is not in America. I don't know. That was a good answer, though. A a Abel, do you know the answer? Asia Minor. Do we have a button we can push or like yeah, wrong answers? One. Here, hey, push one. I'll add the special effect. Hmm. Nice. What's great is I'm not going to add the special Major effect. Major push. And that's going to be really funny. <laughs> so it's Rio de Janeiro. Oh, it was. Okay. It's one of the seven modern wonders of the world, right? Okay, so that's okay. Not a lot of people are schooled in you know geography. That's okay. What about this? Here's question number two. What did Yankee Doodle stick in his hat? Macaroni. Ah! Uh, <laughs> what's it going to be, Adam? How are you going to answer this one? <laughs> Stuck uh, in his and called it. Yeah. How do you get macaroni? Oh, we've got a real dilemma here, friends. <laughs> Stuck what is it? Feather. In his hat. Yes, I want to raise a, a postmodern objection. <laughs> is the is it a feather or, or is, is it, it macaroni? macaroni? Because he called it macaroni. I th I That's... think it's macaroni. Okay. So have a point. Good. No, you got. I'd say no. We'll get, we like you can have one or two tries okay. on these. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> this one's kind of tough, and you're gonna have to know a little bit of music. To, to know oh, this one. No. What name has two L's according to Elvis Costello, but only one L according to the Pixies? I have no idea. It's not Jodine. Think of names that have L's in them. Ellen? Oh, good guess. No. But you're on the right track. Very good. It's not Bob. It's not. <laughs> I mean, it could be Bill. No. William. Um, William. No. Which is Bill. Allison. Oh. And yeah, so I, I actually didn't get the reference either, and I don't, but is I thought it, it was a lyric. There, yeah, there must be two songs, one by each, where they address um, the so spelling. So one spelled with one L, one spelled with two. The spelling. So Adam Allison. and I had a little bit of a, you know, kind of a debate before the show. Um, how many of you out there think Jessica spends a lot of time listening to 
the Pixies, the Pixies. and Elvis Costello. <laughs> yeah. Ava How was many like, of you think she knows who that is? <laughs> Ava was like, yeah, she's not going to. She doesn't. Like, that's okay. My minivan doesn't get that channel. <laughs> My, that's a great t-shirt. My minivan doesn't get that channel. Okay, last question. Last question. Oh, this is yeah. a good one. You, you could probably get this one. I think you'll be able to get this okay. one. Okay. Who played Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy mm. directed by Christopher Nolan? Who ben was the... Affleck? Oh. Or the Does Christian Bale? Like Christian Bale? There you go. Nailed yes. It. Very good. So... Uh, do you have the music, Abel? Music's being edited in as you listen. Who's <laughs> that happy people yelling? So here's your present. A piece of the wall. Oh. If anyone's thinking of a Pink Floyd song right now, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Jess is just another. This is amazing. We have wall. invented invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are we mildly okay in a mediocre sense at hosting a podcast we've also <laughs> created invisibility on the side and really bad special effects that's the kind of quality I wonder if you that's how they created the invisibility cloak on uh harry potter probably very similar yeah yep cool well that was fun <laughs> for everyone i'm yes. sure now we get to the heart and the meat of today's show yeah, so Abel, do you want to kick us off with your first question? Yes, Jessica, you um, are essentially helping uh, our organization here, um, BBHC, and some, some ways that we really want those who are not a part of our organization or who, who are in our, in our areas or spheres of influence to understand more. So... You work a lot with something called social determinants of yes. health. Can you share with our listeners how you see social determinants of health in your and, and interact with them in what you do? Sure. So I guess at like its basic form, um, social determinants of health are basically everything outside of healthcare. So that would be like your social economic status, um, you know, race, ethnicity, education level everything um, that makes you a person, basically. So at Bighorn Valley, we um, practice whole health. And so the idea is that we're treating the entire patient. And a, a good example of this, um, when I was learning the ins and out of, outs of it, is like if we have a patient that is, um, let's say, a diabetic, and we give them um, medication to treat their um, condition and they don't have um, a safe place to sleep, they're, they don't have the uh, ability to get um, food, they don't have a fridge to keep the medication, mm. and then they come in for their follow-up and their A1C is still, <clears throat> excuse me, out of control, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not beneficial um, or fair for us to, you know, mark that patient as non-compliant. Because they're, those are things that they don't have any control over. So um, my position is basically to help the patient navigate those things. That's a big ask a lot of the time. I mean, some of these things are huge, right? Homelessness is mm -hmm. huge. Healthy access to affordable food is huge, especially when you live in rural communities. But Montana is a known food desert, so that's even harder. So but explain food desert. Just 
I think the definition of a food desert is if you have to drive further than five or ten miles to get to a grocery store. Okay. Mm. So Makes that's sense. everywhere, basically. That fits Montana. with our county for sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, and that's, you know, people argue or there are some studies that argue that in Montana, you know, we have like gas stations, but you guys know as well as I do, the food that's being served there is not mm-hmm. stuff that's, you know, sustainable or going to, you know, be healthy most of the time. So and possibly not beneficial for someone who's diabetic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what is the quality of the food? And then we start talking about those types of things. And we have you know a huge team of people at at Bighorn Valley and other you know entities in our communities that can help with that. But my job really is just to help be an advocate for the patient okay. and help the patient walk through it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that that's that's like the most basic part of it. So you, your title is resource support. Can you just explain that in its simplest terms? Yes. So um, oftentimes when people ask me what I do for work, I say um, I'm a resource support manager. And what that means is that um, I'm basically a patient advocate. So I'm just, I'm here to be a voice for the patient. I'm here to help patients um, build relationships and connect bridges and get um, from A to B, like the things that they need. So I don't necessarily do the work for them, but just, you know, help them okay. um, navigate that. So an example of that would be, uh, you know, giving them the information that, so they can fill out a hazard housing application okay. or um, supporting them while they fill out a Medicaid application or talking to them about their health insurance options, things like that. So um, you're sort of an expert at things that are offered in the community? I wouldn't say an expert, but I try to, you know, stay on top of what is available, What's available? Okay. and know the right people to ask, I think. Okay. So, and a lot of it, um, I guess, like from my personal experience, when I, I, I take this back um, to when I was in high school. So I had never experienced applications before, right? I never had anybody sit down and go, this is how you fill out a job application. Mm -hmm. This is how you fill out a college application. And it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. So you start filling those things out and you're like, whoa, this is, there's a lot of emotion that can be attached to that. Um, So I think it's just helpful to have somebody there. So um, I had somebody from the Billings Lincoln Center that came to the library. I think she came once a month and I can't remember her name now not important, but she sat down with me and was just available mm. while I did the application. So I could say, you know, what do they mean by the If question? you had any questions pop up, yeah. Yeah, what is, what Which is, we what inevitably do, do. Right. When we're going through something like that. Exactly. How am I supposed to answer well, this? Well, the way things are worded or if there's a language barrier or, you know, it's, True. it's just comforting to have somebody there to help you navigate that. And yeah. so that's, I wouldn't say an expert, but that is, you know, that's my goal. True. And it's really just... It's empowerment. I don't want to enable people, but I I want to be there as like a sounding board or help, you know, just help you connect that resource. And what I found, like I had one patient a few years ago and um, we helped her get into an apartment. And the first time um, she was going to pay rent, she had never done that before. And so she was like, I don't know how to do this. And I was like, it's okay, we'll figure it out. And so we set up, you know, like a calendar and reminders, and wow. um, I helped her do it the first month. And then the second month, I kind of, you know, didn't really think about it again. And she came back in and she goes, guess what? I paid my own rent. 
And I was like, awesome. And so it was like, that's cool. You know, just little, little things like that that you that I think a lot of us take for granted or Mm -hmm. you know don't really think about. But when you you know don't have somebody to show you how to do Mm -hmm. those things, it's nice to just have support. You know, absolutely, totally. I remember my mom. She uh, she, when I first started working and got a, a checking account, and then you know you get a statement. Every month, my mom's like, well, you have to balance your checking account and make sure that, you know, yeah. what you spend mm-hmm. matches up with what this says. And, and, and so she taught me how to do that, which was extremely beneficial yeah. introduction, mm-hmm. you know, into like how to be self-sufficient and how to manage my own finances. Yeah. And I think a lot of us might just take that, that kind of stuff for granted totally. sometimes. Um, and, and maybe that not everyone is a self-starter or... You know, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm pretty good about certain things. And then I realize I'm not. Mm-hmm. And my wife is even better <laughs> at certain things. You know, like yeah. she's more of a self-starter in some of these areas than me. And so I've learned a lot through my relationship with my wife. Um, but, yeah, just taking that Well, that's a good stuff. example, I think, relationship, right? Yeah. All, we're learning from each other. Yeah. We're just building relationships together. And so, yeah, at its most, I, I mean, that's a long Sure. A long answer to it's at its most basic form, but I really just want it to be clear that I'm not an expert. I'm just here to support sure, patients. Sure. Yeah. And you're, you, you know, you have, I will say this, Jessica, you have a, a good knowledge of the resources that are available in the community and are able to effectively connect people with those resources when needed. Right. Would that be a good way to maybe sum it up partially? Well, and, you know, back to the relationship piece, it's also important for uh, for me as resource to build relationships with the other entities in in our communities that provide valuable service. So, I mean, I'm often oftentimes going over to say hi or, you know, go talk to people at OPA or go talk to, you know, I go to the, the food bank. And so we like build those relationships. So that way it's, it's just a natural reaction or a natural thought process that if somebody, you know, comes to our healthcare facility and says, hey, you know, I got kicked out of my house or whatever it is, here are 10 things that we can do right now. Yeah. And, and that's not where, you know, we try to get them connected right then and there. And then we work on, you know, the bigger picture. So you use a, a, a form like sort of a, to screen for some of these Social determinants of health. I know it's big words, but um, uh, can you tell us what that is and, and sort of what that entails? Yeah. So um, two years ago, we implemented a screening tool called Prepare. I'll put that up on the screen here. Yeah, it's a long acronym <laughs> that I don't always remember. So Abel will have that there. But um, so basically, it's a 19 question screener that we do to every patient. So the medical assistants are actually the ones that perform that um, screening at our healthcare facility. And then if there's a positive, if if a patient, you know, answers yes to any of those questions, then they do a referral to me. Okay. And then I, you know, usually just like connect with the patient. We talk about the options that are available and then we move on from there depending on the, you know, depth of the need, I guess. Um, but it's like questions like, um, do you have housing? Um, what's the quality of your housing like? Um, transportation. We Transportation is a huge thing mm-hmm. 
I think in Montana, but especially here in Hardin, it is really hard. Any rural community, really. Um, Transportation, food access, uh, education level. And and it's so important when, when we talk about these questions that it's not like it's very sensitive. Sure, it's sensitive absolutely. to ask somebody those questions. And so the way that we do it is always in an empowering way. Um, the point is just to, you know. You're not asking these questions to judge somebody. No. We we want them to know that they have all the re- these resources available to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, we have a college here. I We've gotten people signed up for awesome. college courses at LBHC. We've gotten... Um, helps people fill out uh, job applications, build resumes, like things like that. It's, it's, it's ra- It ranges from so many different things that we have done. It's hard to say, like, this is the one thing that we do. You yeah, know? totally, totally. So it, we just you connect people with legal case. services. Yep. That's another thing I yep. know that Montana, you guys do. We have a, a health, uh, what do they call it? A, it's a partnership. with A health uh, health. A legal health partnership. There you go. Yeah. We have a legal health partnership with Montana Legal Services, and so that's incorporated with the Prepare Screener as well. Um, and so that's a, and that's free to anyone in our community, anyone in at any of our is it five main clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, we have access to Montana Legal Services. So if somebody needs help um, with a will, somebody is getting divorced, needs help with a parenting plan. Somebody's vehicle was stolen. They were evicted. They were, you know, their Medicaid was wrongfully terminated. Any of those things, we can do a referral to Montana Legal Services and they get free access to an attorney. Terrific. To talk about civil those things. Legal civil aid, legal not aid. Yeah. Criminal legal yeah, nothing aid. criminal, but okay. yeah. So that's the the acronym's called Prepare. P R A P A R E. Yes. And it stands for Protocol for Responding to and Assessing Patients' Assets, Risks. And experiences. Yep. That's a mouthful. It really is. Well, from (laughs) our end, too, like if you're on the backside under the hood at our uh, federally qualified health center here, um, you hear it that way. And you've explained it now. So if anybody's watching, like if if they have a question on a resource now, Mm -hmm. just to know or... If somebody knows of a resource that might be new and yeah. they could they can know that you know we're very interested in knowing what those are and that our uh, that our patients have clear knowledge and access to these and um, I know enough of what you do to know that oftentimes um, you're taking them to that place you're not just giving them a name That's or right. a number and you're pointing. saying here let me right. introduce yeah. you to this person or Let's make sure you connect with them yeah. and then call back. Um, yeah. That's 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 really great. It's a very needed service for one. I guess I, a question that pops into my mind is, is this common? Is this a common thing that's offered in the healthcare industry today? I think it's becoming more common. Okay. I think it is a different uh, train of thought, and I think it, it highlights kind of the type of care that Bighorn Valley offers, though. So we, because we do whole, whole health, we are a little bit different Sure. Um, because we're caring about, and not that other healthcare facilities don't care about those things. It's just a mind shift. And I think that the whole kind of healthcare um, mindset is changing more towards quality of yeah. care rather than maybe quantity of care yeah, or fee for service. Yeah. And so that's a, a piece of that puzzle. So I think um, like insurers at, you know, even more technical level are starting to look at 
if a patient comes into a healthcare facility and they don't come in because they're healthy, then the value of that care, you know, maybe should be reimbursed higher or whatever it is. I don't know the technicalities of it, but that's kind of the idea behind it. So the answer is no and yes to that question. I think that it is becoming more common. Um, But it's also like a shift change for just it for patients as well. So like how often have you gone to a healthcare facility and been asked, you know, these questions? In other words, I see you. I see that you're more than just this visit here and that your life has so many other facets involved. And if we can, we want to help you. Yeah. Yeah address some of those other facets. Yeah. And this fills in some of those gaps. Okay. That, that okay. There's kind of, of two things with that screener. Um, one is, you know, obviously we want to provide, um, you know, that service. We want to make sure that people are taken care of. The other piece of that, so part of it is like right now, and part of it is future thinking as well. So by collecting this information, if we can, you know, prove that, whatever, a large percentage um, of our patients struggle with transportation, then we could go, you know, at like a bigger, uh, like to a bigger audience, mm-hmm. like government, local government, state government, whatever. Grants, we can say, yeah, applying for grants sure. um, and just have data to support those decisions that we make as a healthcare facility or as a community is important. Data, you know, you have to have data really to make a change, I think. And so there's two pieces of that. So by us having the system built the way that we did, and it took a long time. Like we worked, the implementation of this project took, I think, a year and a half. And the, the reason for that being that we, if we were going to ask these, these questions, we wanted to make sure that it was getting tracked in a way that we could make sure that the patient you know, information was obviously extremely secure and safe but also collect it in a way that we could utilize it to make change in the future. So that's... So there's a whole story there. And and I think we're close to being out of time, but I'd love to hear that sort of side of things and how you, um, how you got involved in this line of work, how this process unfolded and what were some of the things that you learned through this process. But before we go, I just want to ask you one more question. Actually, I want to have you... If someone wants to get involved in this line of work, like what would you say to that person? Because mm-hmm. let me just, here's my observation. It seems like this, this line of work really fits with the servant's heart that we see a lot in healthcare. And it's a desire to help people, not enable, but empower. Mm-hmm. And you said that earlier, mm-hmm. right? So, so what would you say to somebody who wants to get involved in this line of work? I would say that... I would say that it's really important to have empathy for mm. patients, but also for yourself, and that you can only do what you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, it's really hard. It's really hard when you see a need or, you know, you know, just some of the, the situations that we have been in and that sometimes there's nothing we can do about it. Sure, sure. And that sucks. Yeah. But, and you can't um, own that. Right. You can't own it. So I went to a training, uh, an empathic inquiry training last year, and one of the presenters explained a, a closet 
And she said, at the end of the day, I hang up my work self in this closet mm-hmm. at the door, and then I go home to my family. Close the door. Because it's so hard when it's something that is, like, so emotional. Or, sure. You know, these are people's lives. These are l- real things. Yeah. So it's hard when you go home, and I'm able to eat a fresh salad and sleep in a bed and have all of my basic needs met to know that a patient that I just met with two hours ago doesn't have that. Right. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And, but yeah, so it's the, it's like taking care of yourself while taking care, you know, helping to influence other people. And so I think that that closet analogy is really important. I think about that a lot and that's probably really for anybody. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's natural for people to be empathic and care about each other. Well, but, I, mean, I know Abel's involved in ministry, and it's a similar, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, similar. I've been involved in ministry in the past too, and that's a, it's a hard thing not to want to be the solution yeah. for people's mm-hmm. problems, yeah. and solve it yourself, and take care of it, and fix it. Exactly. And you, sometimes you just can't do that. So, mm-hmm. well, thanks so much, Jessica, yeah. for for coming yeah. on and, and sharing with us about resource support about. The protocol for responding to and assessing patients' assets, risks, and experiences. Um, Abel, do you want to send us out? Let us let people know where they can get a hold of us, how they yeah. can get a hold of us, especially if they have very nice comments or compliments that they want to give Jessica. Okay. <laughs> About my things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if uh, you want to reach out to us, we have an email that we don't look at. It's called. Uh, the one in five podcast at iCloud.com, and that's the one in five. And when I say that, I mean like, let me see here, right up there, and just <laughs> add at iCloud.com. Um, if you want to talk with Jessica, I'm going to put um, a way for you to be able to get a hold of her below to learn more about this. Yeah. And, um, you know, Adam, unless you're, are you, did well, you have something? I else? just wanted to say that the only reason we don't check the emails because Abel forgot the password and he's yeah. kind of like a gatekeeper on those sorts of things. So, yes, that's um, right. So, you know, sorry about that, but we do want to hear from you. Um, just kidding. We check the email and please send us your comments, your thoughts, your questions. Um, yeah. We would love to hear from you. And thanks again for joining us for this episode of the one in five. Yes. Have a rural healthy day. <laughs> <laughs>